Welcome to the post-war podcast recorded at Calmax Studios Bunker, somewhere hidden in Berlin. I'm Pablo De Negri, your host, and today's guest is Italian artist and illustrator Ludovica Lombardi, or Luby, short form. <laughs> Luby, thanks for being here. Thank you for inviting me here. Uh, Luby, um, I met you a couple of times, and then I realized you had this um, ongoing project. It's a self-portrait a day project that I also saw last year in an exhibition. The ones you had, I think, was a year already of this, which I found very interesting, but I want to talk about that a bit later. I wanted to start, uh, maybe I know you studied informatic engineering yes. before. <laughs> and I was wondering if before that you had any uh, artistic contact with art or creation. Well, um, I grew up in a fairly artistic house in the sense like my both my parents studied uh, art to some degree my dad was ah, okay um, my dad was um, who was a, a writer and uh, he used to draw comics when he was younger ah, wow. and um, the whole flat the whole house where I lived was pretty artistic but no one were artists and then my mom had lots of artist friends as I grew up, so I was always surrounded by them. First of all, my uncle, who's like only a friend of my mom, and only he's a friend of my mom, he's not mm. really my uncle. And he's a yeah. costume designer, like obsessed with aesthetic and beauty. So yeah. that was my connection to art, which was a very personal one. But that's okay. That's a huge uh, context to have an influence yeah. and contact with. Um, because when you told me that you would study informatic engineering and then... Um, your your work is, um, how can I say it? It has a lot of personality. And um, I had, I was wondering where before uh, your, your studies, uh, you had some contact to um, approaching creational process, you know, mm. in certain way. Uh, but, but having this in your, in your family so so close, I think this definitely has an impact. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Uh, and your father was writing comics? He used to draw comics uh, okay. until some comic strips. I think he never did a long comic, but he used to, and he was, uh, he's still, he's still alive. He's obsessed with comics, and we, whenever I visit him, which is very rarely, but whenever I visit him, he's like... There's so many comics everywhere, so much wow. books about <laughs> art, and like spend days just reading comics. <laughs> wow, but this is visual art, pure, yeah. no? Yeah. It's like uh, I was always into comics. Yeah. And how is it to be the daughter of a comic uh, artist? <laughs> oh, well, it's, uh, I'm, it's, it's, it's interesting, yeah, let's say. Okay. My, my dad is an interesting person. <laughs> yeah. And why did you decide to... Uh, I mean, you felt influenced by this. You were you were thinking about studying art, or um, it's weird because when I was in middle school, I was undecided whether to go to art, an artist, an artistic high school, or yeah. to a scientific high school because that's the choice in Italy and others. And I decided to go to a scientific art, uh, high school because I loved math and I loved science, and I was I consider still myself very logical just because of a dream I had. Like I dreamed that I went to the artistic school and I hated it. So I was like, okay, maybe I need to go to the scientific yeah. one. And <laughs> then everything went followed that direction just because of this dream. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what was the question again? <laughs> if you, um, 
because of this influence you had so close in your house. Yeah. If um, you felt like we, we, if you were really sure that you wanted to study art or mm. yeah. Yeah, it, it has always been like a crossroad of mine where mm. uh, after I ended up doing scientific things, I kept doing that because I was really good at it and it felt natural. With Until, math. With math. Wow. Yeah, like <laughs> I studied. I was pretty good at it. Uh, I did. Uh, I have a bachelor in engineering. Also yeah. here in Germany, I did a semester in computational sciences, and I still. I have to admit I'm one of those weird people who can say who really likes math and yeah. I really miss math still on my day-to-day -day life sometimes. Mm. Some But call it a nerd. Also. Yeah, some. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was also playing video games, so probably it fits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, But art, is, like I've always drawn and I've always had this need to express myself okay. in some ways that was parallel to this. And I feel at some point something tipped and I had to overbalance it by completely dropping everything that was tied to science and rationality and mm. by picking up what was the opposite, which was art. Yeah. And um, it came a bit gradually, but then suddenly when I came to Berlin and I was just like, okay, no, I need to get more close to my creative side. Mm. Yeah, because I didn't feel... I could express myself in, well in uh, the scientific uh, community. But you thought of it as, as a job, I guess, or... Yeah, I was uh, extremely interested in it, in uh, computer and informatics because of this uh, new world that we're building with it, like new way of thinking, new way of uh, co uh, thinking, like quite literally by creating these uh, pro programming languages that are thought, pure thought. So I was extremely fascinated mm. by that. Um, and I still am, even if I find it more frightening and problematic at times mm. because of the lack of control that there's above it. Mm. Um, but so it was an interest uh, and uh, it could have been a good job, especially because my family is pretty poor. So I was dreaming of one day doing a job that would make me earn some money and yeah. here I am being an artist and that has to do with poor. being daughter of a comic artist I guess I suppose it, also it, some it complicated family uh, dynamics yeah I understand um, yeah. so it was an interest uh, an interest uh, more than a job but then in the end I realized that it was not for me because uh, of the, I mean, engineering is supposed to be one of the most creating jobs, creative jobs. I have jobs. no idea. I have a, my bachelor is in philosophy <laughs> and uh, uh, my high school was orientated in philosophy yeah. and uh, literature. So my mathematical part of my brain is dead, you know. But I have no idea what an engineer does. Me, like, no me neither, to be honest. But like uh, math and sh science and engineering can be the most creative things that they can be. Like you can, you're literally creating things uh, and they manage to fuck it up. I remember being in a university and asking questions to the professor and professor would be like, why do you care? You just need to know how to solve the exercises. Right. <laughs> and me like, wow. So was, solve the X. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I was really disappointed in it. Uh, and in the lack of creativity that you could actually find in something that I thought it had. Hmm. And uh, then uh, you thought to move to Berlin after you finished your studies in Milan? Yeah, like I decided to move out of Berlin. I decided to finish my studies, even if I hated it, and to uh, move to Berlin straight after. I didn't even visit the city before I decided. I visited after the decision to check, and I liked it, and I just came here. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, I came here like four or six months after my bachelor degree. Did, this was so four years ago? Or 2017, January, so okay. five years and a half. Okay. Yeah, some time already. It, it came out of this disappointment and finished your... Yeah, um, I think I was going through a heavy depression period in which I was feeling like everything was extremely still and I could not get out of my... 
um, being a statue. And so I decided to do the thing that, uh, one of the things that I found the most difficult to do, which was move to a new city without knowing anybody, without knowing the language, so that I could kind of remove the floor above my, uh, be below myself in order to have hmm. to move. Basically. And that uh, has to do also with the um, meaning of the cause that drives your self-portrait drawings project, right? Because I read in your, this feeling you're describing, I read in your web, that was very nice also, it had, a, it had a link to the description. It's called Onism. Onism. Yeah. It's a great word. It's exactly word. what you're describing, yeah. right? And so out of this, it's like a frustration of being stuck and, uh, yeah, just one lifeline yeah. or something like that. And uh, I found it very interesting uh, because it also had a link to the description. And it's the same that you're narrating that had to do with your decision to come to Berlin. Yeah, I would say so. I think at the time I was not very, uh, no, I was not aware of it because I was, I mean, it was five, six years ago. I grew a lot in this period. Yeah. But yeah, this uh, extreme fear of being stuck in oneself. Yeah, mm. and probably by, by moving was probably one way to try to get out of it, to be a different person, to be a different uh, Louvie than mm. the one I was, which mm -hmm. I am. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. And so when you come to Berlin, you started thinking about making uh, this um, drawings uh, project or this is something that took you by surprise, so to say? Um, I tried to do it first uh, without telling it to anybody, for, but I did it for like two weeks and then I stopped. I still have that notebook somewhere. Uh, but then it just I think it just came one day out of nowhere. I was just like, I need to do this. And I think it was just in the back of my mind somehow for the previous months. And I just was like, I need to create and I feel so stuck and I feel so as if I had fog in front of my eyes. I, I felt like um, my whole persona was like one centimeter above my body all the time. So I could not really feel what my body would feel. It was just this some kind of dissociation. There's certainly a name for that. But yeah, it's, a, it's a kind of uh, dissociation. Yeah. And, I, and so I thought, and I didn't know what to draw because everything felt so distant. And so it was like, the only thing I have right now is myself and I need to create and I need to force myself to create because I tend to be very distracted. So I have to force myself into situation in order to do things. Hmm. So I was like, okay, I'm going to start this project. I'm going to draw myself every day until I see when. And I'm going to publish it on Instagram because then I have to because people are going to see it and I will feel this right. sense of shame if I don't. And we are living in 2022. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Plus maybe a need of an audience, uh, you know, everybody. Uh, right. Yeah. Just to have some attention or something. And then that's when, when he started. And, and this was, I think, 2019. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I checked the other day, but I cannot remember. It was like I did 500, I counted today, 593 self-portraits in total in three stops. So it must be at least two, three years ago, so yeah, 2019, hmm. yeah. Right, Be because you decided to make this and the decision to make it and to stick with it sometimes take higher dimensions mm -hmm. as the content itself, so to say, no? Um, this is the first things that get earns in value as long as the project continues and mm -hmm. grows. It's this discipline, this uh, so I'm going to say self-therapy, mm -hmm. you are forcing yourself to with this uh, discipline and commitment to doing this. And at the same time, it's a self-portrait. 
work, which is extra challenging mm -hmm. because it necessarily has to do with uh, um, an idea of yourself. And there's so many things that um, um, come together in this in this point. And it was very interesting to see it uh, when I saw it last year. I don't know how much was it already, like one year. It was uh, already, I think, two years and a half because yeah. I did two years and then I took a break of six months and then I started again for six months and then I stopped again. It was a lot, a lot of different so formats, papers, mm -hmm. um, illustrations, a lot, how can I explain, a lot of um, comic language. Um, but they also vary a lot in the, um, well, vary a bit in the style. And there are some recurring topics that they are very existential mm -hmm. and has to do with, from my side, um, using this artistic process to achieve um, self-discovery um, mm -hmm. or to accept kind of existential process or uh, something like that. And I think that's very powerful because sometimes it can be very intense or very emotional, but it's also um, uh, has comedy, you mm -hmm. know, and um, I, 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 I guess it's uh, obviously one uh, knows because of the premise that is one portrait per day, since you're a human being, that this comes together with uh, a lot of struggle mm -hmm. in your day, everyday life. Yeah. Because you must find a way to do this every day, no matter what. Yeah. And I was wondering how do you uh, recall that since you started doing this project, uh, it transformed your life in a way, mm -hmm. or uh, how do you recall it did so far? Well, it's always an interesting, it's it's uh, it's strange because it's like writing a diary kind of, so you don't really mm. realize the impact that it has on you while you're doing it. It's a bit different because you're, it's a public diary. Um, right. But as you're writing it, it doesn't really notice the change. There's some days in which it's clear, like you know that today had been a, an extreme day mm. and that you're going to remember no matter what. But with, through mm. the self-portraits, it's crazy because I can remember some days much better just because of this self-portrait I did. Mm. And uh, I can focus better on the emotion that I need to focus because I can know that that's the emotion for the day mm. uh, or even if it was in that moment and so on. So it's been... Like when when I set up the exhibition and for the first time I saw all of my self-portraits at once uh, in the same room, being not on the floor as they were in my room uh, the day yeah. before preparing it, but actually hanging and being able to look at them, all of them, yeah. I really saw what I was trying to do, which is a person right. through in the, You are talking objects. about the same show I saw? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the only time I, I show them and hmm. trying to figure out ways to do it again, but yeah. I'm also, as I said, a bit unfocused, so yeah. <laughs> it's going to take me some time. <laughs> but yeah, this is the magic of the white cube, as mm. it was called already in the 70s. Um, uh, this... Uh, abstract space separated from reality mm -hmm. or everyday reality yeah. and then you have this uh, contrast and the work itself take another mm -hmm. dimension yeah. and in this case the work has to do with everyday reality mm -hmm. so it was very interesting to to have the, that experience yeah. and for you of course it must be also perceptive wise a different um, situation yeah it has also this um, 
there's a lot of um, uh, film uh, philosophers and so that talk about film making mm -hmm. as a way of making uh, um, specific philosophy about art, about time and mm -hmm. space, S especially about time. Mm -hmm. But um, And these kind of works, for example, are also necessarily a way of making philosophy mm -hmm. about things that has to do with the self, mm -hmm. right? Like very existential, philosophical existential questions. Yeah. Um, were you ever interested in philosophy or I, psychology? I have not that... Uh, I am extremely interested, but I struggle a bit with... Uh, I don't know, I could never sit, sit myself... I could never sit still and be like, okay, I'm going to read a philosophy book. So I read a lot of <laughs> philosophy, but like short things. And I think, and I studied philosophy in high school and found it extremely right. interesting, but I never sat down after. Um, I talk about these existential questions a lot and I w lo uh, watch lots of movies and read uh, lots of sci-fi books, for example. Yeah. Um, so I, I love finding philosophies in uh, indirect ways. So not reading maybe... Uh, Schopenhauer, but... Yeah, uh, I love Schopenhauer. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> I feel like I would, uh, yeah. Uh, I think I would love Schopenhauer, but at the same time I would find him extremely annoying. It's I the think. first email. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nietzsche was inspired in Schopenhauer, yeah. so it's like a meta email. <laughs> uh, I was also into sci-fi. I find it very interesting because sci-fi, uh, the best... More well known, most known sci-fi writers, uh, literature writers, were scientists, mm -hmm. ph ph theoretical physicists, and yeah. so like um, Isaac Asimov, mm -hmm. and so. And I was totally into that, but of course I saw it maybe from the no, more from the um, fiction part mm -hmm. and not so much from the science yeah. part, you know. Um, and uh, since you have this um, science oriented also, let's say, approach to life, at least for the way you think. You, you told me it was very easy for you to go along with this kind of uh, mathematical thinking or mm -hmm. engineering thinking and so. Do you think you can still implement this in your life or your work? Or I, I would actually really like to. Um, uh, what, what I would really like to do is to uh, learn more about computational art, and so I would find a way to combine the two things. I'm just struggling a bit these days with all the things that I'm doing, and like I feel a bit a melted pool on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm finding the time to recompose myself. Be like, okay, I'm gonna do some programming, artistic programming, and yeah. I still haven't found the moment. But I would definitely like to. I was talking with some friends about the idea of. Uh, um, maybe feeding an algorithm all the self-portraits and see what 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 image do they make out of yeah. me out of it? That could be cool, for example, but I have no idea how to start. So, <laughs> Yeah, I understand. Um, I also would see a million ways that it would make sense conceptually for me to make or to work with this, but I just don't know how. And I have mm. so many friends that do it and they explain it to me in the <laughs> podcast even. And, so, and I still, it's like... Um, the question of the content and the visual aspect and how this shifts also in generative art or conceptual art or uh, crypto art mm -hmm. is shifts so much from just the appreciation of the con content on the visual mm -hmm. aspect to other abstract values mm -hmm. uh, that is too com it's very complex to, um, I think, as an artist to decide uh, why 
you will implement these yeah. uh, um, elements, no? Um, and um, I, th I, s I think it's in your bio that uh, is the quote that uh, the media or the support is not what matters, but the vision mm -hmm. or the um, kind of like the, the, the goal mm -hmm. or the intention or yeah. the cause or something like that. Yeah. And um, that for sure is in your self-portrait uh, series. Mm -hmm. And do you picture that you can have a different goal, a different mission, like it could grow another kind of series of works separately from your um, self-portrait uh, series? Yeah. Um, like, I feel there's always, like, this one uh, fil rouge that I have, which is this need to express myself, because I have this... How's it called? Fil rouge, like red uh, thread. Um... Yeah, I don't know. It's an Italian expression, but sometimes we say it in French. So maybe, uh, maybe you can it say it amazing. in English. It sounds amazing. In German, good, right? also you said some French expression because yeah. they just sound better. Yeah, right. It's just <laughs> like you sound like five yeah. percent more knowledgeable or something. Yeah, classic. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this uh, thread that connects always uh, my art is uh, by I, like because I have the feeling that I'm gonna disappear if I don't get the things that I have inside outside, which is my emotions, <laughs> my thing. I feel like it doesn't exist if it's not outside, if it's mm. not seen by somebody. Like, you know, they also, they, they're saying, like, does a tree make a noise if it falls in yeah. a forest without anybody? I'm it's feeling like... experiment. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, I'm feeling like that tree <laughs> all the time. And so my art always focuses <laughs> on that. Um, so it focuses on myself, not because I find myself interesting, but because that's the only way I have to right. exist. Right. Uh, so... I've been thinking of doing other projects, like for example, now I'm drawing lots of faces on uh, different media that I found, like mirrors or tiles. Uh, but nice. it's, al it's always about the faces, it's always about yeah. the self. Like, and I always see myself in everything that I draw, even if it's yeah. a tree. Because on some level, like I feel a level of um, mental connection to everything, as if like I discovered recently about this uh, uh, Buddhist concept, which is the Indra's net. Uh, like I actually discovered it on Indra's net. They talked about it on Mi Midnight's Gospel, that super cool cartoon. Ah, uh, I saw. And yeah. uh, Indra's net is that totally surreal. Yeah. And Indra's net is this. It, like existence is like this net that it's made of crystals. Oops. Yeah. That it's made of crystals. So, uh, and we are the points where the threads connect. So we think that we're different, but we're yeah. actually part of the same thing just because we're thread. And because it's made of crystals, everything reflects into everything. And I have to relate a lot to this. What is made of crystals? Like the whole net. So everything ah. reflects in itself. But this sounds like um, a quantum. Yeah, which thing. also, like, uh, also quantum theory and quantum mm. mechanics returns a lot in uh, Indian and Buddhist philosophy. There's a really interesting book about it. That's um, amazing. The Tao, the Tao of Physics, which talks exactly about that. That's from India, yeah? No, it's uh, from these uh, uh, quantum China. scientists ah. from the ah, okay. 70s, uh, like okay. Franz of Capra, something like this. Ah, and okay. he said uh, that lots of uh, quantum theories say the same thing that Buddhist monks said already 1,000 years ago. That's true, yeah. So... Yeah. Um, but yeah, because I'm feeling this in this connection to everything as if I'm just like an eye of a body or something <laughs> like this, um, then I see myself in everything in the same way that everything is in myself somehow. So I cannot really get out of my, my the self topic out of my art because yeah. that's how I feel. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm, I, that, this is also part of the frustration of hmm. being inhabiting my own body because hmm. I feel like I should be part of much more and I cannot understand why I'm constricted into this yeah, exactly. space. <laughs> well, that's one of the first, um, I think, uh, philosophical questions, right? Why there's something instead of nothing? Yeah. Uh, why am I limited mm -hmm. when I can think eternity? These are very basic philosophical questions mm -hmm. that keep us up at night, at least to some of us. <laughs> Me, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, uh, for me, it's totally... Uh, it, 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 make me, it makes me totally... It makes my head blow out by... Because uh, um, Bergson, Henry Bergson, for example, is this... Um, metaphysicist from the uh, end of the 1900s and he influenced a lot of um, especially theater writers mm -hmm. that then influenced uh, like the surrealists and mm -hmm. a lot of vanguards from the first of and Berson books are amazing and some took Berson metaphysics of perception mm -hmm. to describe a film image for example or so and it's amazing like a hundred or something years later Um, uh, quantum physics, for example, discovers uh, dynamics on real physics mm -hmm. that actually uh, illustrates what the metaphysics from the song was saying. Mm -hmm. so, and it has to do with, for example, the position, the, um, the role of the uh, the one that is the spectator, for mm -hmm. example, and how as you spectate, you also create yeah. in a certain way the yeah. universe around you. Um, these kind of relations to me are totally... Uh, amazing and mm -hmm. makes you leaves you in this state like what you say with this thought experiment with the tree that falls and no one listens mm -hmm. no, it leaves you in this state of uh, meditation or contemplation mm -hmm. right and certainly your your self-portrait day job has some of this I don't know if a Japanese or oriental vibe of uh, this kind of discipline and meditation mm -hmm. exercise right it sounds like a heavy emotional exercise in a way. I don't know if you feel it like that or not. Mm, I'm not sure if... I don't feel it so emotional in the moment I do it because I, it's my way of existing, I think. So hmm. there's other things that I find more emotional somehow. That That <laughs> is just uh, a way to be alive, kind yeah. of. Yeah. But it's amazing. It's amazing. I think you have a, a language, a drawing language already acquired, maybe mm. because of your father, maybe because he was close to you, right? I cannot draw, for example, nothing. It's <laughs> like my, with my hands, I cannot do anything. <laughs> <laughs> and when I see people that really can, uh, like, uh, have already a language understood on how they can transmit mm -hmm. something that is inside, that is pushing like in a blank paper, you mm -hmm. know, just with a uh, pencil, for me, it's totally... Um, amazing. Mm. For me, it's in, it's interesting because like a lot of people tell me that I'm really good at drawing. While I don't find myself really good at drawing, I'm pretty good at drawing my face at this point. Right. <laughs> But what I like of this process of the drawing process is also the li slightly chaos that I let into the thing because yeah. uh, sometimes I just introduce the mistake in the sense that I don't want the drawing to be perfect uh, and I want to try to fix. You the can mistake tell that it, it, the drawing is not trying to be perfect. No. It's pull, pull, pushing you into the direction of more thinking what it's talking mm -hmm. about. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Um but I love I love the process. Uh, it's just like very interesting to then see what's inside you in uh 
an actual way. Like I love mm. also looking at illustrators and artists being be like, whoa, I want to be in their head and see how they see just right. from the way they <laughs> draw. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, since uh, psychoanalysis and um, early vanguards we were talking before from the 20th century and the surrealists were working a lot with this new knowledge from psychology mm-hmm. and this um, uh, kind of uh, exp- also thought experiments, but also drawing exercise. Mm-hmm. There's this one in Spanish, it's called Cadaver Exquisito. I don't know. You fold the paper blank, and in between all the people, you just draw one part of the paper, and then you pass uh, it, yeah. and you only mark the points of the continuation, mm-hmm. and then you have like a collaborative. Oh, that's so, cool. And the surrealists, uh, the story says the surrealists invented this, mm-hmm. and they had a lot of uh, very uh, different relationships with drawing as an access to the human psyche, mm-hmm. in a way. Um, so this is something that definitely it's there for a long time, you mm-hmm. know, and there, there are really uh, ways in which this can uh, be connected or help you see things some, uh, mm-hmm. uh, in a different way. As a, a, an example of this, actually, did a self-portrait three days ago about this. I always draw myself looking at words left. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, why? Is it political? I don't think it's political. I'm just like, and so I'm, now I'm trying to look to draw myself looking at right, but it's extremely difficult because I need to look always in that same direction, and I'm wondering why. That's very interesting for because for a neurotic person, so a normal person, <laughs> we are a bit neurotic. Uh, you start to have a dialogue with everything you mm-hmm. do in a way. Everything is a sign of yeah. something that yeah. maybe you didn't realize and you should do differently. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. So. And so now I'm like, why am I looking left? Why am I looking left? <laughs> <laughs> and then you think about, you take extra effort and time mm-hmm. that, and maybe you draw, you draw yourself right just yeah. to, yeah. And it's also, yeah, but it's also interesting the way I draw myself and the way people perceive me and the way I perceive myself. Like I was talking about this the other day yeah. with some friends and I was talking about my... Uh, how in teenage years I really had lots of problems with my nose. I really hated my nose. Like I lived in I lived in Milan. It's a very fashion city. I, I, we all right. had lots of complexes about our health face. We all had uh, food issues and so, so on. So about superficial. Superficial, looks. but we were so deep into it. Like I've and I had. I known countless anorexic people in Milan. It was really intense, and mm-hmm. my problem was my one of the different issues I had with my body was my nose, and I was hating it so much. We just look at it in the mirror and be like, "Why are you so big? Like, really?" Ooh. And the other day I was talking because now I'm you pretty definitely fine. Definitely don't have a big nose. No, thank you. <laughs> I, I'm pretty fine now with my nose. I'm like, oh, it's okay, it's a nose. Uh, but I was talking about it with some friends, and one of my best friends she said like, "Yeah, you draw your nose enormous in your self portraits." So I was just like. Right. No, I thought it was the size it is, but it's it's, so it's these shows of uh, the self perception. That's amazing. When I was eight or eight or eleven, I had an operation in my leg. They Mm -hmm. had to take out a part of the bone that it was growing. I don't know how it's called, but yeah, it was a heavy operation for a kid. So I had so psychology preparation and so, and they make me draw myself. And the um, psychologist uh, noted that I draw the leg that was going to be operated thinner. Oh, <laughs> that's so cute. For example. Yeah. And this is, these are the kind of links mm-hmm. that exist between our mind yeah. and drawing that we don't realize because they are pre-linguistic in a way, mm-hmm. you know. They don't pass through our consciousness yeah. in full. And Which I, is also yeah. why it's so interesting to see what your subconscious brings you like mm. in front of you. Yeah, definitely. 
And you were talking before about the chaos, the okay. letting the chaos in also, right? Not having to have a perfect thing um, or con uh, perfectly controlled, mm -hmm. um, but also letting this more dynamic, mm -hmm. more vital um, part of your everyday life yeah. um, filter into it a bit. I think I think it stems from my perfectionism, like because if I let chaos in, then I cannot be perfect, and so I win anyway. Mm -hmm. But it's also like uh, accepting the chaos that life is uh, from a normal level. Like my life and everybody's life is chaotic. Like I don't know one person mm -hmm. whose life is uh, right. very tidy. Right. Uh, even if they, if they are really tidy, then they're the most chaotic in reality. It happens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and. Um, Letting go of this need of control and also realizing that uh, chaos is what is life is like a concept that I found really fascinating of uh, thermodynamics and uh, physics was the concept of entropy, which is the mm -hmm. mathematical number that you can assign to determine the level of chaos of a system. Mm -hmm. so, and the entropy always tends to naturally go up. So the chaos always goes up unless you put lots of energy to, to lower it. An example mm -hmm. is if I make this glass fall, it's mm -hmm. going to take probably a thousand years to put all the molecules back in without any of the carpet. <laughs> like wow. it's going to be impossible, basically. Mm -hmm. So the entropy go grows naturally and there's no amount of energy to go back to the mm -hmm. unnatural situation. Mm -hmm. And so this is a concept I find extremely interesting because yeah. it also re it resonates with uh, the um, future of the universe in the sense that one of the possible future that scientists talk about is like this uh, thermical death of the universe where everything is going to be the same temperature yeah. and um, everything is going to be extremely homogeneous and all the same, which is the pure chaos and the pure order at the same time because right. it's the maximum entropy, so it's the yeah. natural. But at the same time, if everything is the same, then it's ordered. Right. And so I feel this chaos and I let this chaos happen. Mm. I let entropy happen. Yeah. I don't go against it if I can. Um, I think this is... Uh, I don't know anything about it, but I love to watch shows, uh, YouTubes about uh, all this stuff. Uh, there's always a um, discussion, uh, either of which life, as we know it, it goes against this idea that uh, the system is every time more chaotic mm -hmm. because you couldn't have a stable system of organic life yeah. that we have in planet Earth um, if that was the linear mm -hmm. logic, right? Yeah. And I found that also these are the philosophical questions in science, right? They're mm -hmm. also existential philosophical questions, uh, very interesting that are, are still unanswered, but makes life very a very interesting subject of study to, <laughs> to work on. Yeah. And uh, talking about all this stuff, uh, how do you feel about talking about chaos and uh, life and how special it is? How do you feel about how are things moving forward? Uh, are you optimistic? Do you feel, um, do you see a light at the end of the tunnel? Um, do you think we will find the speciality of the human uh, being and expand, or you think you see things rather um, darker? I feel both ways. I feel very optimistic and I feel very pessimistic at the same time because I have the feeling that humanity is growing a lot huh? in terms of sustainability, in terms of. Uh, 
um, rights towards non the non-standard people, so cis, straight, white, men, trans, right. non, et, et cetera. Yeah. So I feel like it's evolving, non-binary. but non-binary and yeah. uh, racism. I feel like there's an evolution as global community. I'm also afraid that I might be in my own bubble, so I perceive this evolution while in actual in reality it's actually not happening. Hmm. And at the same time, I have these fear that like really like I keep dreaming about the world ending like the other day I dreamt of the sun exploding and it was just like oh fuck um, <laughs> this will happen you know this will happen in, f- in five billion years I know, I know I know I know when I was a kid it was funny <laughs> because when I was a kid I read that it would happen in four billion years and I was like super anxious about it and then when I read that it was actually in five billion years I was like oh thank god we have one billion years more it's good <laughs> but yeah I don't feel I have the feeling that we're doing anything we can do to do wrong <laughs> in the sense that I feel like we should really try to stop and reconnect to everything and to find different ways to evolve as humanity because we can always evolve, but there's this idea of growth, 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 more, more, more. That it's not capitalism, that it's not bringing us anywhere, that it's not making us happy. Um, and there's this handful of people who have all the power and they're doing their things like buying Twitter because they're annoyed. Um, and, you know, I, it's, it's weird because I feel they're making so much bad in the world. And in the same way that I would make if I had that amount of money, I don't think anybody should have that amount of, of money. Yeah. And, uh, and if, if they were happy, like if these five people would be fully happy, they have found eternal happiness through that amount of money, that amount of evil that they're doing, I would be like, you know what, that's worth it. But that's not even that. They're not happy. They're not doing well. Hmm. And it's clear. They would not buy Twitter otherwise. <laughs> and uh, so I don't feel very optimistic. I feel like also with the pandemic, I was expecting us to learn. Like we stopped and the amount of grass uh, emitted went down, the CO2 went down. We were like, wait, maybe we're growing. Maybe we're going to... For a bit, and then bam, as much as before. Mm. And all of this for growth, growth, growth. And uh, I have the mm. feeling that more people also are feeling this. Like so many friends of mine, me included, are thinking about maybe in some years going outside the city and, I don't know, raise chickens or something yeah. like that to completely the most anarchic thing you can do <laughs> right <Yeah>. now. <laughs> um, so I'm mm. not very optimistic, especially mm. with this uncontrolled... Uh, like, we feel like we can resolve everything with technology. This is also one of the reasons why I stopped uh, engineering. doing the engineering, because, mm. like, there's this freedom, there's this uh, uh, titanism going, trying to get steal more fire from the gods and without yeah. stopping and thinking. Mm. And, and so we keep creating these things that are more and more dangerous because they're becoming more and more powerful, which are mm. great. I love the idea of creating an artificial intelligence. But if you don't teach that artificial intelligent, uh, intelligence yeah. uh, how to be a proper being, uh, then where we're going? And we've already seen it because they're biased as hell. Like they generate an image of only white people, for example. Yeah, we talk, so. uh, with Robert Seidel, he makes also this new painting, so generative art system. Mm-hmm. We talk about the, um, the uh, tweet, uh, Nazi Twitter bot. And so. <laughs> yeah, fuck, I forgot about that. So I feel like we are in this chaos, uh, to return to the chaos, that it's really not controlled, but mm. it's uh, really not going in a, ni- in a great direction. And um, mm. 
it's uh, scary as fuck. Like I was talking about this with my uncle, who's one of the most important people in my life. And mm. I was like, how was it to grow up in the 70s? And he was like, oh, you have no idea. It was amazing. You had the future in front of you. Right. You don't have that. Exactly. Are you? And I was just like, whoa, <laughs> fantastic. It's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. You can also see it in um, mass culture, like me in film, before you had Back to the Future, oh, which was so, so happy. And now yeah, we have... Yeah. Uh, Nothing. I think it, I think with Matrix you could really see a shift in the mass mentality towards the future. Can be, yeah. yeah. Could be like that period. Yeah. And now we only have apocalyptic movies and we're dying all the time. And you're just like, okay. Yeah. Because uh, uh, for a hundred years uh, Walter Benjamin wrote about this painting of uh, Paul Klee, the angel of history, was mm -hmm. a total modern angel affected by war and destruction. And so, and said, uh, the angel of history of Paul Clay looks back and see a world in ruins, right? But our angel of history looks forward mm -hmm. and see a world in ruins. Mm -hmm. Sees a world in ruins. So um, that's a bit our, the, a bit our spleen, mm -hmm. you know, like Baudelaire yeah. would say, or our mood, or our general feeling. Yeah. Um, Yeah, like it's so, I, I've been thinking, about, like for example, sometimes I think about maybe I should leave Berlin at some point and I'm like, yeah, but where would I go? Maybe in, I don't know, Portugal. And then I stop and I'm like, yeah, but in 15 years, it's going to be hot as fuck in there. <laughs> I don't want to be in a place that is super hot. I need to stay where it's cold so that when we have climate change, I'm going to be like, yeah. It's super bizarre. You have to calculate uh, how much the oceans yeah. will uh, yeah. rise. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I don't know about this stuff. I don't know for sure how... It, But it's a very weird yeah. uh, moment for thinking of the future. Yeah. But let's say everything goes well. How do you picture yourself moving forward with your projects and um, your works? It's a very tough question because uh, I am my I'm very limited in my brain in thinking outside of the time span I am. Like let's say five <laughs> days. <laughs> so I am. I don't know. I'm seeing. I'm seeing this project continuing. Uh, maybe my for the rest of my life. I think I'm gonna take hot breaks uh, because I um, keep questioning myself whether I should do it or not, and if it makes sense or not, and so on. And I think sometimes that breaks appears are also in the work itself. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I need to. What? Why, what is? This? What is this? Like why? the first time. Why? Why? <laughs> the first time that I stopped this was because I felt that became just a quirk. Like, oh yeah, that's Louvi. She makes herself portraits yeah. a day, and I was just like, okay, I cannot But do this super, anymore. But it's super. It's super cool. <laughs> doing it. <laughs> okay. um, I see myself growing as a person and understanding myself more in order to be happy because that's the ultimate goal. As a person who suffers from depression and anxiety, I'm like, mm. I just need to cope with happiness because happiness is actually quite scary. Yeah. So uh, I see myself trying to go in that direction and I see myself doing something extremely creative. Uh, um, I don't want to make my art my focus of my life in the sense that I don't want it to be my job. Mm -hmm. I don't want it to be both. Mm -hmm. Like if if somebody wants to buy something, I would be okay because I need money. <laughs> but I'm not going to complain. But I don't want to be an artist as a main occupation, like unless this would happen organically hmm. because I don't want to sell to the market, basically. Hmm. Like I had lots of people who were like, why don't you transform all of your self-portraits in NFTs? And I'm just like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I need to think right. about it. Hmm. Um, 
But um, so right now I'm trying to enter, for example, Udeka and become and study costume designer. Right. So you that, told me about it. Yeah. yeah. So that like they didn't accept me the first time, but they're interested. So I'm trying to find experience, you know, in order to become one so that I can Udeka have is a, the Universität der Kunst, yeah. the University of the Arts in Berlin. Yeah, which is extremely... It's extremely popular, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, so I would like to do some really creative jobs that makes me work with other people and create something uh, mm. in a team more than by myself. Mm. Uh, but it, it's not focused on my self-expression and my art so that I can have still some uh, mental space for it. I don't want it to become a stressful thing that um, makes me only earn money. Mm. Yeah. I think that's a great decision. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <I hope laughs> Most so. important thing, be happy and uh, clear mind, mm -hmm. calm mind. <laughs> well, we will leave some links in the description if you are looking this in Vimeo for your projects and works and also for the patterns, uh, pop-up exhibition and party. Yeah. Uh, that's where, where I saw your, your exhibition last year. Yeah. And anything else yeah, you want to share, we will leave there. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much for being here and thank you everyone for listening. Thank you for having me. It was really interesting. <laughs> It was a pleasure to have you. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Ah, high five. <laughs> <laughs>